Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this message that I just enjoy so very much. It's one of these things that everybody knows, but maybe we don't know how to get to the place of implementation. We don't know how to come to the place in our lives where we're bringing about. Now, you're listening to this message is probably right before Thanksgiving, or it may even be on Thanksgiving Day. Some of you may have gotten this and and listen to it while you're getting ready on Thanksgiving Day. But it really doesn't matter if Thanksgiving has come or Thanksgiving has gone. This is a lifetime message that's going to be incredibly valuable for you every single day. We're talking about a life of gratitude. After all, that's really what Thanksgiving is all about. It's about having and expressing gratitude. You know, the, the, the Bible says, for this very uh, insightful thing. It says that secret open rebuke is better than secret love. Now, many people over the years I've heard take that and say, okay, so you just need to rebuke people if you love them. No, that's what I'm saying. As bad as it is to get an open rebuke, as, as, humili as humiliating as it is, an open rebuke at least shows something, some connection to the person. So it's saying an open rebuke, no matter how bad it is, is really more valuable than secret love or love that is not expressed. Now, many people feel that they are grateful for life or grateful for things in their life, but they don't express it. And very explicitly, they do not express it to the people around them for whom they are grateful. As a matter of fact, the person the being that we should be most grateful to is God. And there's so many things that we have been deceived about and lied to about what's about what's going on in the world, what causes things to happen. Religion has lied to us, government has lied to us, and they have they have really made it very, very difficult to really be grateful. And one of the reasons for this is the goal is to instill fear, not to instill gratitude. Now holidays and, and you can really use this uh, when you're celebrating the holidays, the information that you're going to get in this message. And always remember, I have a uh, simple little, I think, it's a, uh, I think it's a three message series. You can check out our website, impactministries.com and go to the store and find this. But it's, it's about creating uh, uh, happy holidays. And listen, happy holidays don't just happen. Most of you that know me know that all of my life, I grew up despising seeing holidays come. When I was young, I would start drinking in about October or, or November. And man, I'm telling you, I had to sedate myself all the way through to the spring to make it through holidays because I hated holidays so, so very much. But holidays really are just a day when we really emphasize something that really should be practiced year-round. Thanksgiving Day is just a day to come together and say to the people around us or express to the people around us or express to God our gratitude for those things that really every single day we should be enjoying. 
You know, in the Old Testament, there was a thanksgiving, or some translations say a thanks offering that you would give. You would just give an offering to God because you were thankful, and that gave you a way to express it. You know, many people look at those offerings, and they think, well, why did God require all of these offerings? The real truth is God didn't need any of those offerings. None of those offerings or sacrifices did anything for him. He provided those so that we would have a way to express from our heart the very things uh, that really we weren't saying, we weren't expressing, and, and it brings benefit to us, just like it brings benefit to us to express our gratitude and appreciation to the people around us for the things, no matter how big or how small that they might do for us. Now, the happiest people in the world are people who are grateful, because in order to be grateful, you have to be noticing things for which to be grateful. You know, it's an interesting thing. The book of Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs chapter 19, it, it tells us that a crooked heart cannot find good. In other words, a heart that is not in line with God, a heart that veers away from walking this path with God and being in harmony with God, that heart has trouble finding, noticing, recognizing the good things in life. And I don't know about you, so many times I see people, I meet people, I counsel with people who honestly, they have so much in their life that they could and should be grateful for, but they are not because either they don't notice them or something in the way they approach life makes them feel like they're entitled. And by the way, entitled people are never grateful and ungrateful people are never happy. They're never satisfied. They never feel like they get enough. And even when something great happens uh, for them, they forget it very, very quickly because they're looking for a source outside of themselves to do what only God can do in their own heart. It was really interesting. God would tell the children of Israel over and over again as they were making their journey uh, from Egypt, and I said, God delivered them out of Egypt, set them free from the world. That's what he did for us. We got born again. We got set free from the world system. And these people had so much to be grateful for, but God would command them over and over and over to be grateful. Now, remember, the word commandment can be best understood probably as a divine prescription. So when God told the people to be grateful, and usually the terminology in the English Bible would be something like give thanks or be something about thanksgiving. It, it didn't use the word grateful. But uh, uh, when God would tell the people uh, to, to be grateful, I'm sure they looked around. They were in the wilderness. They thought about everything that was wrong. They thought about everything that they didn't have. And one of the greatest problems that God had with the children of Israel is that they were always murmuring and complaining. Now, something you want to understand, when you meditate on anything, it becomes your reality. It doesn't matter what reality is. There's your reality, and there's God's reality. And so murmuring and complaining is a form of meditation. And meditation is where you think and ponder on something until you create the emotions that cause you to experience it as being real in your life. 
So when you when you murmur and complain, even if it's in your own heart, even if it's not to somebody else, when you murmur, when you complain, the truth is you create a reality that traps you and you literally have no life to enjoy because you're living in this reality. And so when God would tell the people or, or prescribe thankfulness to the people, if they had chosen thankfulness, then they would have become happy. Their hearts would have changed. They would have begun noticing all of the things that were going right in their lives. They would have become a very happy, a very satisfied people. And Deuteronomy 28, 47 says, because you did not serve the Lord God with joy and gladness of heart. You notice it didn't say faking joy and gladness. It said with joy and gladness in your heart. It says, uh, for the abundance of everything, therefore you shall serve your enemies. The ungratefulness or entitlement so negatively affected the children of Israel and so negatively affects us today that we actually are able to be deceived and trapped and come under the control and the oppression of people that really do not seek our, our, our well-being. All through the Psalms, all through the Scripture, you'll read Scriptures like one of Psalm 107, verse 8, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness. You know, some people, when they teach about praise and worship and this sort of thing, they teach about praise and worship as if it's something that God needs, as if it's as if we've got to make God feel better about Himself. God doesn't need praise and worship. Praise and worship has nothing to do about making God feel better. Praise and worship is where we say back to God the truth about who He is. We say back to God uh, and express back to God gratitude and thanksgiving for everything that we notice in our lives that uh, that makes our lives better or that brings us joy in the middle of in the middle of, of, of persecution or hardship or, or turmoil and so and so we're not doing this we're not giving thanks to God for him we're always giving thanks to God for really what it does in our heart even though it giving thanks is an uh, is an integral part of any loving relationship or friendship you know, in the New Testament, you'll find scriptures like rejoice always, uh, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus for you. So when these prescriptions are given, i.e. commands, I want you to understand, anything that God tells you to do, number one, you're capable of doing, starting by choosing it, but number two, anything God tells you to do, if you choose to do it from your heart, you will experience what the Bible calls grace, power, strength, capacity that will work in your heart. It will become real in your heart, and you will have a supernatural strength uh, to do it. Now, listen, I'm, I'm going to refer to holidays, even though for many of you, you're not listening to this on a holiday. But I want to tell you, there is a way that you can make every holiday become meaningful and the main way you can make a holiday become meaningful is when you are celebrating something that is a way of life for you every single day. You know, if you wait until Christmas and that's the only time all year long that you're actually acknowledging Jesus coming for you, if you're actually not celebrating in your heart the fact that 
you're born again, that your sins have been forgiven. If that's not a reality for you every single day of your life, then the real truth is it's kind of superficial and artificial uh, to get together and try to do this on one day a year. Same thing with Thanksgiving. Same same thing with any, same thing with a birthday. If you don't celebrate a person every day and look for the reasons that you are thankful for them, and look for the reasons that that you know that you're grateful that they're in your life. You just, yeah, but my, my wife, my husband, my kids are crazy or whatever. Yeah, but there's got to be some reasons you're thankful. There's got to be something uh, that is that is is a benefit to you that if you were to take the time to pay attention to notice, and if you were to choose choose to find the good things. You know, the, I can remember the time in my life when I when I had to make the decision that I was going to start noticing every good thing around me and that I was going to start acknowledging the people or the situations to, and I was going to express it so that I, I would let other people know how much I appreciated them, but mainly but so I would let God know. In, in fact, the thing that brought me to beginning to show gratitude to other people was the fact that as a believer, I could show gratitude to God. And as I would express my gratitude and thanksgiving to God, then before long, I came to realize I need to be doing this in every single part of my life. And I'm going to tell you what, it, it brought about a monumental difference in my life. You know, I'm convinced that the number one reason many believers don't walk with God and really probably won't be ready for an event that in the Greek is called the Harpazo uh, in English, they call it the rapture. Even though the word rapture is really not in the Greek New Testament or the English New Testament, it's a, it's, it is a Latin translation of a Greek word uh, that means the catching away or the gathering together. And that's going to be the time that Jesus calls us away to meet him in the air and we leave this world behind us. You know what? I'm convinced that not one of the number one hindrances to people following him into eternity and even one of the reasons people do not follow him and serve him now is is because they have this resistance because of the spiritual condition of their family nobody wants to leave their family here behind when jesus calls us away nobody wants to leave our families behind uh in daily life as a matter of fact it's amazing how that when people's kids begin to run wild or their spouse that they love uh, really begins to live a decrepit life, we feel like that if we admit those things, that that we're being critical or that we're rejecting them. Well, we don't need to be telling them, but but the real truth is if we are not committed to bringing out the best in them, if we're not committed to letting them see Christ in us, then the truth is not only will we fail to be a part of helping them get ready to walk with God in this life and maybe to respond to the call of God at the rapture, uh, and as a result, not only will we hinder them, but because of them being hindered, we'll hinder ourselves because we do not want to abandon them in this. But let's talk about holidays or let's talk about opportunities more than holidays i don't i don't really like to think about holidays you know anything like this in the in just the light of celebrating on special days 
every single day. You know, one of my personal sayings, and, and this is this is my translation of a scripture from the book of Proverbs, is that in Jesus, every day is a holiday and every meal is a banquet. Every single day can be a can be a celebration of life. It can be a celebration of friendship. It can be a celebration of your marriage. It can be a celebration of your children. And it's amazing how that when we start choosing to see the best in our children, our spouses, our friends, our job or whatever, it's amazing how we begin to experience them differently. And then we become an influencer in that life or in that relationship, or in that job, or in that environment. Just because we change, we bring something that maybe they desperately, desperately need. You know, uh, Galatians 6.10 says this, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You know, when Jesus was teaching the disciples, and he was getting ready to leave, and actually, even in, even in some of the parables, he implies some of this stuff. But basically, uh, in the book of Luke, in the King James Version, in one place, he says, occupy till I come. Well, that word occupy means to be doing business, and so about kingdom business, and gaining ground. In the book of John, uh, Jesus said it a different way. He said, I chose you that you might bear fruit and that your fruit might remain. In other words, that you might be doing business and gaining ground because the business that we're all about is the kingdom business. The business that we're all about is helping people coming out of the suffering of their lives, coming out of the things that hold them down and oppress them and and, and break their hearts and destroy their health and mentality and relationships and marriages and all that kind of stuff. And so we're we're really called to be influencers. Everybody that is a believer is called to be an influencer. And we are instructed to really look for and seize the opportunities that come to us. In Colossians, the fourth chapter, the fifth verse says, be wise in the way you act toward the outsiders. That previous verse was about how you act toward believers. This verse here is about how we act to outsiders or unbelievers. It says, be wise uh, in the way you act toward outsiders. Outsiders make the most of every opportunity. That's your conversation. Always be full of grace, season with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. In other words, the way we communicate, the way we relate to people should be light, it should be salt, it should be something that uh, that is appealing and, and, and meaningful and valuable to all the people around us. You know, uh, uh, it's really interesting, in, in Titus 2.10, the Apostle Paul says, and I like the, the way it is translated in the New International Version, which it says the same thing in the King James or in other, in other translations. It says the same thing in the original language, and that's where it counts. But basically, the, the New International Version says, uh, and I think this is Titus 2.10, it says, do everything to make the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ attractive. Well, one of the best ways to make the gospel attractive is for our lives to be attractive. How, how do our lives become attractive? Because people look at us and they see something in us that they don't have. They see something in us that they actually want. And I'm telling you what we see, salt preserves. And there's a lot of factors about salt that are incredibly important. That's why we're called the salt of the earth. 
And so we can be a preserving agent for the people that we love. And just like salt will make you thirsty, when people see Christ in us, not because we're preaching to them, not because we're quoting scripture to them, but because we are treating them the way Jesus treated people. We're treating them the way the Bible tells us to treat people. We are making love and kindness and mercy and forgiveness. We are making those priorities in our life. And that salt makes other people thirsty. Uh, man, I love the concept that we make other people thirsty. And then, it, But it also says, let's conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Now, grace, and there's a lot of debate out there about, about grace and what it is, but basically the word grace comes, comes from a Greek word. Means, uh, it means a power, an ability, a strength, a capacity that works from your heart, and uh, it comes by unmerited favor. And so, in other words, grace isn't just an attitude. Grace is a power. It's an ability. It's a strength so that we can be and do the things that God says we can be and do. That's like when God says, rejoice in the Lord. If God said to do it, then we can turn to him and say, God, I want to rejoice. I, you know, I just don't have it in me. And But we can make the decision to rejoice, and the grace of God will, will begin to manifest, and we will, we will become able. But if, if my conversation is always full of, full of grace, one of the things that it will always be, I will always be conveying to the people around me is that when they talk about what they want to do with their life, when they talk about their dreams and their goals, uh, if, I'm, if my conversation is always full of grace, I'm always going to be pointing them towards solutions. I'm always going to be pointing them to the fact that God can and will help them. I tell you, I've won so many people to Jesus over the years just by letting them know that God wanted to help them live their dreams. You know, the Bible says in the King James, it says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he shall not depart from it. And the Amplified Bible translates it this way, which is a little more true to the original language. It says, it says raise up a child according to their particular bent. In other words, as a parent, it's not my job to decide what my children should do with their lives. But as a parent, if my conversation is filled full of grace, then when they tell me what they want to do with their lives, I can show, I will show them and encourage them how walking through walking with God that they can accomplish this and he will help them. They can do this stuff by his strength working in him. So many people over the years were so amazed to think that God even cared if they got to live with their dreams. Religion told them that they had to give up their dreams if they want to do something great for God. Now, listen, I'm just going to run through some things here, and I'm going to give you scriptures for all of them, and you can look up these scriptures. You can do a little research on it. But I just want to tell you, if you want to be an influencer, there's some things you have to choose, and you'll probably have to turn to God. You'll, this, you're going to have to learn to walk this out. But one of the things you want to choose is, number one, starting with what I've just talked to you about, you want to choose how you're going to communicate. Are you, is your conversation and your way of life going to be full of grace and seasoned with salt? Or is it just going to be griping, grumbling, just like everybody else? Here's something else you want to do. Learn to be like, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must show himself uh, friendly. And, and if we want to be friends, and even the Greek word for friends, it means that it's reciprocal. It means, it means that 
friendship is two people responding to each other pretty much because of the way that that they treat each other. And so number one, choose to be friendly, practice being friendly, and suddenly you'll start realizing that people around you will warm up to you and you're not preaching to them, you're not quoting scripture to them, but they are being attracted to who you are and what you have. Another thing you might want to do is the the way do unto others as you would have them do unto you. In other words, the traits that you desire in others, the way that you wish other people would treat you, you treat them that way. Galatians 6, 7 says, whatever man sows that he will also reap. I'm telling you, the way you treat people uh, trains them as to how they're going to treat you and how they're going to respond to you. Another man, now this next one is monumental. Now, I know I'm just rushing through these, but you know what's real simple? You decide if you, you decide that if you want this or not, and then you choose it, and then you turn to God and say, okay, you got to help me do this. Uh, and, you know, I have, uh, I have a great tool called the Prayer Organizer that you can get, and it will show you how to walk this out in your daily life, how to deal with relationship conflicts and all that kind of stuff through your prayer life so that so that you bring relationships life. Find out what's important to other people and do it for them. Philippians 2, 3, 4 says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in, in lowliness of mind, let each person esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. Man alive. You know, if you celebrate the holidays, you bring people into your home, celebrate the holidays in a way that will be beneficial and enjoyable for those people that you bring. When you do things with other people, be willing to do what they want to do. Now, not to the compromising and not because you're spineless, not giving up who you are. Here, here and here, here's another thing that I just have always done. Take the assumptive approach and all, everything that you do with people. The assumptive approach says that if they knew who God was, they would want to know the God that I know. And the only way they're going to know who God is is because they see him in this. And the scripture I base that on is that Titus 2.10, in every way, make the teaching of God our Savior uh, attractive. You know what? You can be the influencer that changes your whole family. You can be the in influencer who causes other people to desire to know God. And I'm telling you, if you're mean and hateful and hard to get along with and touchy and moody, the greatest witness, the greatest power, the greatest influence in their life is going to be when they see you become more like Jesus. Because sometimes people will look at us and say, man, if this can work in their life, it, this can work in anybody's life, and they will turn to God for themselves. Listen, let me encourage you to go to impactministries.com, check out all of the free teaching materials. We've got over 2,000 uh, videos on there, every subject that you can imagine. We have all this stuff on there because we want to be a blessing to you. And if you want to help us reach the world and raise up disciples all over the world, be sure and check out Becoming a World Changer with us. And besides that, start deliberately noticing everything that works out. Start deliberately noticing. Even if a person is kind to you in the midst of 20 negative things, focusing on the places where they're kind, focusing on the place where people are succeeding, focusing on helping other people live their dreams. 
if you invest your life in helping other people live their dreams, it will be amazing how many people will gather around you and help you live your dreams. But no matter whether it's talking to God, whether it's talking to people, remember, even if you are grateful, if you are not expressing it, it is of no value whatsoever. Listen, bless you. Share this with anybody that you think will help. I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.